Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News, where today we are going to break some news on this show, news that could impact the Senate impeachment trial. That's because yesterday, Congressman Eric Swalwell, one of the Democratic House impeachment managers, made a big deal. Actually, made a big impact, I'll say. He had a very interesting presentation, emotionally charged, trying to connect the president's tweets to the ultimate outcome of violence at the January 6th Capitol riot. And while we've talked about the timeline not working, that the president couldn't have incited a spontaneous riot because it had been planned, um, the tweets were still put together in such a way, particularly when video was shown later, to make a really good case that the president was encouraging for weeks some sort of military-like violence. And how did Eric Swalwell make that uh, connection? Well, he used the tweet that the, uh, from a person that the president retweeted, a woman named Jennifer Lynn Lawrence, to uh, make the argument that the president was calling, calling in a military cavalry. All right, this is the tweet that Jennifer Lynn Lawrence uh, made that was shown by Eric Swalwell on the screen during the impeachment trial and uh, then used as, by interpretation by Swalwell to say, the president was condoning military-like violence. All right. So the president retweets something that Jennifer Lynn Lawrence uh, uh, says, and then immediately after it, she writes in best day ever. Thank you, real Donald Trump, for the retweet. It's been an honor to stand up and fight for you in our nation. We will be standing strong on January 6th in D.C. with you. We are bringing the cavalry, Mr. President. And he kept using the word cavalry. He kept emphasizing that word. In fact, he found two separate supporters of Donald Trump, both retweeted by Trump, who used the word cavalry. And so most people in America thought he's talking about the old line, bring in the cavalry, which is a military line, mean bringing in some military forces. There's only one problem with Eric Swalwell's interpretation of the words. It was spelt differently. Both of the women who spelt it he spelt it C-A-L-V-A-R-Y. What does it mean? It means a presentation of the crucifixion, generally a presentation of the church, not Calvary, C-A-V-A-L-R-Y, which is the reference to military. This is a major blunder. We're not 
I'm not asking you to take my word for it based on a spelling. In a few minutes, we're going to bring Jennifer Lynn Lawrence and her pastor on this show to tell us what she really meant. And we're going to ask her, did the House impeachment managers call you to find out what you meant by this tweet before they used it in the trial? That's something a prosecutor normally would do. You have evidence. You check with the author of the evidence to make sure you understand what they meant. We're going to get an answer to that, what she meant by the word, and what impact this could have on an otherwise very emotionally charged, effective day yesterday for House Democrats trying to make their case play to the emotions of the Senate jurors uh, as opposed to the facts. And facts matter, words matter. And in a few minutes, you're going to hear from Jennifer Lynn Lawrence and her pastor, who was there the day she made the tweet, to tell us what was really going on. I want you to stay tuned for that. It's a big deal. But while we're on the subject of Swalwell, I have a story up this morning that already raises some questions about Swalwell's presentation. Because yesterday, he took other people's tweets, Donald Trump, Jennifer Lynn Lawrence, many others, and he put his own interpretation on them. Which, you know, is in a political event, fine. If this was a real criminal child, interpreting someone else's words would probably be thrown out as drawing a conclusion with evidence not in fact. But let's, let's face it, the impeachment trial is not a real trial, it's a political exercise. So... To, to do this, what Eric Swallow was telling each of those Senate jurors, those senators, trust me, I know this is what people meant. And in a few minutes, you're going to find out he got one wrong for sure. Irrefutably got one wrong for sure. But uh, before we even get there, let's take a look at something else. It isn't the first time Swalwell asked Americans or the Senate or the Congress to trust him. When was the last time? For two and a half years, he stood alongside Adam Schiff, the Democratic House Intelligence Committee chairman, and said, we have proof of Russia collusion. I'm just going to read you some of the things he said. We saw strong evidence of collusion. The Republicans are now choosing to bury it. That's what he said on CNN in 2018. Uh, in 2019, Trump was acting on Russia's behalf. He said Trump was lying about his association with the Russian government. And he said there was evidence that there was a conspiracy to cover up the hiring uh, or the uh, hijacking of the 2016 election. He made those time and time again when, in fact, we now know there was no such evidence. Pretty significant, important information, right? Uh, let me read you what Robert Mueller said, directly contradicting Eric Swalwell's last time he told us to trust him. There was Russia collusion, Russia conspiracy. This is what Robert Mueller wrote in his report. No fan of Donald Trump, Robert Mueller. The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government or its election interference. In fact, there's no evidence any American did so. That is an important, important uh, uh, distinction that, that needs to be made. So Eric Swalwell took the high risk of interpreting other people's tweets yesterday. You're going to find out the danger of not checking their facts before they did it. But even before you do that, Keep in mind that what we're talking about here is a guy who previously sold this Russia collusion, asking us now to trust him on House impeachment. We're going to get to the facts. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jennifer Lynn Lawrence and her pastor joining us together on this show to dispute the interpretation, the meaning of what Eric Swalwell said about her tweet. Who knows better than what they meant by a tweet? The person who wrote it, right? We're going to hear from them right after this commercial break. Don't leave. It's going to be a fun interview.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, today, two very special guests. It's a rare day when we have two guests on the show at the same time. But I want you to welcome... uh, uh, to the show today, Jennifer Lawrence. No, not that Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, but almost as famous on Twitter now, Jennifer Lynn Lawrence. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. And also joining Jennifer is Pastor Brian Gibson, who is an eyewitness to Jennifer's work that day, was part of a uh, an event where uh, a tweet has now become part of the Senate impeachment trial. Uh, Pastor Gibson has his own uh, church, but he also runs a uh, a group called Peacefully Gather, which I think is an important name. We're going to get into that. Pastor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, John. It's an honor. Uh, same here. All right. So I want to take everybody uh, back. We'll set this up quickly. Yesterday, Congressman Eric Swalwell, a California Democrat, one of the House impeachment managers, put up on screen one of Jennifer Lawrence's tweets from honor about January 23rd. And then Donald Trump retweeted her. And then she tweeted back at him. And they tried to imply that this was evidence of a violent intent uh, uh, leading into January 6th. So I want to take people back. Jennifer, you and the pastor, where were you on January 3rd when these tweets uh, took place? Yeah, so we were actually on the March for Bus March for Trump bus tour. We're traveling all around the country, doing events, bringing people out, peacefully gathering people and giving people an outlet for the outrage that they were feeling following the election um, on January, you know, in the beginning of January. So we were going out and I I fired off a tweet because I was super excited. The president um, was getting everybody ready for January 6th. It was going to be a great event at the Ellipse. Um, and I fired off a tweet and Pastor Gibson came to me um, and uh, told me that I spelled Calvary wrong, that I spelled it like the church. And that's exactly what I meant. I did not mean we were bringing the Calvary. I wasn't going to hop on horseback and come riding into DC with my horses and my Calvary. Yeah. I, you didn't we have any bringing... Teddy Roosevelt or Rough Riders, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. But you know what I did? I did have some amazing pastors around me and I had the, the blood of the Holy Spirit comforting us and getting us where we needed to be safely. And you know what we did on January 5th? We held a prayer event. Um, at Freedom Plaza, and we prayed and we brought Jesus Christ back into Washington, D.C., a place that many have kicked him out of long ago. So I want to go to Pastor Gibson for a second, because you're an eyewitness to this. You're right alongside uh, Jennifer when she's doing these things. Um, and the the inference, it wasn't happening, more than an inference, the declaration that House Democrats made when they introduced this was, you guys were uh, organizing a military insurrection. You're calling in the Calvary, which, by the way, is spelled C-L-A-C-A-L-V-E-R-Y, not the way you spent it. Can you confirm that what Jennifer meant, she meant, and that this was a religious discussion, not a military discussion? 
A hundred percent, John. I'd been on the uh, March for Trump bus with with Jen and and the other people that were on there as well. Uh, I think we were we were together. I forgot how many weeks, but but, but we were on the road a long time together. So we all became <laughs> friends. And uh, it wasn't just me. There were there were other pastors with with us, other religious figures that were praying and preaching the gospel. So when I saw the tweet come through, I was sitting on the bus and, and I saw Calvary come through. I went back to them and specifically said, hey, guys, you spelt Calvary wrong, right? This is what I do for a living. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm a theology major. So that, that right. jumped words off matter. the page at me. Yeah, words matter, and I want them to be correct. And, and she said, no, Pastor, I meant we meant to write Calvary like that because we, we're, we're standing up for God, uh, preaching the gospel. We have you ministers here that are going to be praying and leading people to Christ. And so that's what, that's what we mean. And I said, oh, that's, that's great. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I, I love it. I think that's a, that was a great uh, tweet and a great use of that word. And so what's funny is that we did, everywhere we went, myself and other pastors were up in front of the crowd. We preached the gospel. We talked about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Repent, believe on him, you'll be forgiven. And then we culminate, culminated that on the 5th in A Prayer to Save America, where I did uh, a classic uh, gospel presentation in Freedom Plaza, where thousands of people responded. So it was a time of prayer. It was a time of gospel preaching. Also, our message is standing up for First Amendment rights and the freedom to worship in America, which has been uh, run over roughshod. So so Jennifer, what she tweeted is what she actually meant to tweet. And when I saw that uh, Swalwell had changed the, the, the inference of that word, uh, also, I'll let Jen, I don't want to put words in her mouth, altered her tweet as well. Um, I was shocked because I knew the real story, and I believe that that the truth must be told. I'm a man of the truth. Uh, preach the truth. Jesus is the truth. So, John, I, I wanted people to hear the real side of the story. That's amazing. So, Jennifer, let me go back to you. You weren't the weapons you were bringing were gospel and prayer and ministers. Those were your soldiers. You weren't bringing IADs, communication equipment, combat gear. Correct? Am I am I getting this right now? I was bringing the army of God. And that's what we need to bring to D.C. Because if we look at the rot that has taken place in our government and we and we look at the the way our government is operating, it, it's totally an opposite of the way our government should be run. And it's totally opposite of the way that our founding fathers intended it to be run. And our founding fathers, you know, they fasted. They they turned to God. They they wanted God in our government. It, and Pastor B says this all the time that to the separation of church and state was to keep the state out of the church, not the church out of the state. And that's something we need in America. Our lawmakers need to turn back to God. You know, it was interesting to watch Democrats pray. They're, they're very robotic. They're very, oh, I have to say this. This is what you're supposed to say in a prayer. When I see our side pray, they invoke the Holy Spirit. They invoke Jesus Christ and they aren't afraid to stand up. And that's what we need. We need more holy, brave people in our government to stand up against the evil forces that are trying to take control of this nation. Now, uh, I'm going to ask both of you just because I think all our listeners are going to want to know. Did any of you want to engage in violence? Did any of you engage in violence? Did any of you go into the Capitol that day? Did you violate any laws that day? No, Absolutely no, 100%. not. Go ahead, Jen. No, absolutely not. There, We would not want violence. We want people to come out and peacefully protest. 
That is how you prevent violence from happening. When you take people's voices away, when you take their outlets away to go out and peacefully protest against the atrocities that they see their government committing against their president and against we the people, we need to have a peaceful place for that to happen. None of us engaged in protests. We were all at the Willard, you know, watching this all play out on television. We had no idea wow. this was going to happen. So, I mean, this so, is, comes as, as much of a surprise to us as it did to anybody. So now, no, now that we've introduced who you are, what you were doing, what you meant, let's go back to yesterday when Eric Swalwell, sitting in the well of the Senate, one of the most sacred places in the American uh, Republic, and he, he makes this allegation that you were talking about bringing in the cavalry, meaning a military type thing, even though you clearly spelt it C-A-L-V-A-R-Y, the, the religious version of Calvary. What happened? How did you find out? And what was your reaction when you heard it? Yeah, all of a sudden, I got a, a feverish call from my brother and uh, telling me I was just mentioned on the floor of the United States Senate. And, uh, you know, that puts me at a huge risk. I, for the couple of weeks that I was with the March for Trump, we had to have full security detail. We had people show up to events with mauled off cocktails and chains with uh, bolts at the end to hurt people. I mean, they gave me no time to prepare. They didn't give me any time to defend myself. And my question um, to Representative Swalwell is, why did you alter my tweet? Here you so are. Describe that. That's important. Describe yeah. what happened. What was altered about your tweet? This is yeah, an important so piece of information. I have never been verified on Twitter. Um, I've never had a blue check mark on Twitter. And I noticed when they put my tweet on the screen that all of a sudden my tweet had a blue check mark next to it. Now, wow. that, that's there's two things to that. First of all, when I was a Breitbart reporter, Steve Bannon would not allow us to put tweets into articles unless they were from verified accounts. This way, if he entered that into congressional testimony, it's a verified account and it, has, it, it, it can be applicable in law. Secondly, he wanted to show that my, my Twitter account had more gravitas than it actually did. He wanted to show that the president was trying to use me to bring in the Calvary. I mean, the man is sitting there on the floor of the United States Senate under God, you know, accusing President Trump of a crime when he himself just committed a felony perjury by entering false testimony or false evidence into testimony. So we've gone to your Twitter account and there is no blue check mark next to it. It doesn't appear that it ever is. And once you're verified, you don't get unverified. So, uh, you know, people can go to your Twitter account right now at Jen Lawrence 21 and see that there's no blue check mark. And then they could go watch the video we're going to put up on just the news. And you can see that a blue check mark is inserted somehow in the presentation. Uh, this is, this is factual stuff. You can look for yourself. Don't have to take our word for it. Now, pastor, you, you're, you're a man of God. Uh, you've seen all the debates about religious freedom, about the first amendment, all of the rulings that the Supreme court's had to do to roll back infringement. When you see a member of Congress mistake a fellow Christian's word, add a check mark that doesn't belong to her Twitter account to make it look more official, uh, and and use it as evidence to try to convict the former president of the United States, what is your reaction to that? Well, John, I, I'm appalled that uh, someone in his position, the position Swalwell's in, would be this irresponsible and also act in such a dangerous fashion. Because whenever he puts a limelight or, or a light on someone like this, uh, 
man, the gloves come off and people go after that person. The same thing just happened to me. The, the mainstream media put a target on me. Uh, they did articles on me. And what ended up happening is radical BLMers came to try to do something to me, came into my hotel looking for me, uh, had people following me, threatening my family. Uh, thousands of uh, pieces of hate mail came to me. They published my home address, all of my numbers, all of my church campuses. Someone just kicked the gate in, in my household. I uh, had to be under security for, for a long time. Um, and so I know what these people can do and what they can produce. And that this man that is leading uh, the questioning in an impeachment trial would be so reckless to behave like this and to target Christian verbiage and Christian people. Uh, I believe it's religious targeting. I believe that the leftists have a sight on anybody of faith. Because here's, here's the truth, John. It is hard to control someone with deep religious convictions. And that's what these people want to do. They want to drive us into fear. They want to control us. They want to put a target on our backs. And it's time for every, not just Christian, but every American that, that is thankful for our traditional values, thankful for our Constitution, to stand up and to be heard in a peaceable way. The name of my organization is Peaceably Gather. Peaceably Gather. Listen, we're for peace. But... I'll tell you the things the left are doing with this cancel culture and the targeting on Christian faith and conservatives, it is anything but peaceful. Um, so I, I really think, I think Swalwell uh, deserves to be reprimanded, deserves to be removed from his position for what he did to Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, it, it, there's no excuse for it. I really appreciate that, Pastor. And, you know, I, I feel actually bad for Swalwell because he obviously needs to find Jesus and look at what he's doing, because if he didn't know the difference between Calvary and Calvary, well, maybe he needs to go to the Calvary and find God. We could send him two books, a copy of the Bible, maybe a copy of the dictionary. Those two things together might have helped him yesterday when he was uh, doing this. <laughs> Let me go back, Jennifer, real quickly. At any point in this process, normally, you know, I, I, uh, my family works in law enforcement for years. I spent years as a bailiff in the courthouse as I was putting myself through school, and I watched the prosecution process. And when prosecutors normally introduce evidence, they go to the witness and they confirm, is this what you meant? They interview the witness at any point from the moment you tweeted on January 3rd to the moment that tweet showed up in the well of the Senate as evidence of a military insurrection or military-like insurrection. Did anyone from Swabell's office, any House impeachment prosecutor, anyone come to you and say, what did you mean by this? We're going to use this as evidence. We want to check the facts. Absolutely not. And honestly, if Swalwell would have called me, I would have turned the question back to him and asked why he has a position after, you know, publicly finding out that he's been sleeping with a CCP spy. I mean, how does he still have a position? And you're going to come at me for calling the Calvary, calling the army of God to come on to Washington, D.C., to get this evil that is overtaking our country out? The, the, the question of Calvary, when, when you talk about it now, and, and the word has now been flipped on its head to mean something different, hopefully this podcast and our story will help people correct the record. But what's the lesson here? When, when, you're, when you're an Eric Swalwell or a future Republican impeachment manager, if there's one, if you're a prosecutor in court, what is the lesson here? Uh, uh, words matter. What should they have done, Jennifer, uh, before they introduced you to the public and portrayed you the way they did? I mean, absolutely do the due process of, like you said, um, how to enter evidence into a case, you know, contact the people, talk to them. 
And I think that this this shows that we need to start having an open dialogue in this country and not just vilify people because they're on the other side. The vilification of people that is happening and the cancel culture is not helping things. It's forcing people from going from peacefully gathering into not peacefully gathering. And after, you know, I, I would also ask them, you know, after what we saw this summer with the riots that have taken place across the country and the inflammatory language that our senators and congressmen use to inflame the flames that were burning over the summer, where is the congressional testimony on that? Where are these people having their tweets and what they were saying um, hauled in front of you know Congress? They didn't even blur my name out. They didn't blur my picture out. They gave me they gave me no way to protect myself. And there's been threats on my life. I've had to hire a security detail again, all because of Representative Eric Swalwell. So, so thanks. Since this happened <laughs> yesterday, you've had security threats. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. And you're hiring a security team to protect you now. Is that right? Or get some form of security because of those concerns? Yes, absolutely, sir. Wow. Wow. So uh, one last question, because I, I think a lot of people group everybody that had a role in January 6th and they say, well, they're just like the rioters. When you look at what happened in the Capitol, separate of everything else that happened that day, but what happened in the Capitol, do either of you condone the violence or things that went on in the Capitol that day? Uh, start with you, Pastor. No, sir. Of course, we, we don't condone the violence and uh, speak out against the violence. Uh, we ask people to to peaceably protest, you know, j just like it says, uh, a peaceful assembly, a peaceful protest. That's what we're about. So you can make your voice be heard without injuring anyone. And so I, I think this broad uh, based application of taking the actions of a few and trying to put it across every conservative, every Christian every person in America vilifying the right and vilifying even the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that, um, wow, wicked and evil people have been looking to be able to do for a long time. And as they, they do this, all they're doing is, is throwing a great divide through the heart of the country and making it impossible for the country to unify. So that this application of domestic terrorists, this application of white Christian nationalists to everyone uh, I'll tell you, I was there in D.C. on the 6th, and we're talking a lot of these people are old conservative grandmas that are out there praying for people and being sweethearts. Uh, they're not the people that went inside the Capitol and, and were causing harm up there. So it's a stereotype. It's the same thing the racist does uh, whenever you know they take the actions of somebody and apply it to a whole race or the actions of someone apply it to the whole nation. Uh, it's unbelievable that America has gone this far this fast. And we need to clean this up as quick as we can, or we'll never be unified. And Jennifer, I want to tip the same question to you. And I want to ask one, it doesn't even take it a little further. You you actually had the president retweet your a couple of your tweets or one of your tweets. And I think one of your colleagues, Kylie, Kylie Jane Kramer, had one both using the Calvary word, spelt the church way, not the military way. Was there anything that President Trump said in his tweets, in his speech that led you to believe that you were supposed to go commit violence that day? And do you condone or do you, you know, uh, uh, despise what happened at the Capitol that day? Absolutely not. There was nothing the president said that day or in his tweets that would make anyone want to go to the Capitol and commit violence um, that we saw, the horrible, horrible violence that we saw. In no way do I condone it. I don't think violence is ever the answer. All right, looks like we lost Jennifer's phone line there. 
Uh, but Pastor, I want to thank you for joining us as well. Any last thoughts as we as we wrap up what is a pretty shocking misinterpretation of evidence at the trial yesterday? Well, I think, like you said, we've all learned a lesson in due diligence here, uh, giving someone the benefit of the doubt. And I think what we're seeing, John, is a political witch hunt uh, where, where people have not crossed their T's, dotted their I's. And it's the wrong way for some of our highest elected officials in the land to behave themselves. So I'm praying for Jennifer. I'm praying for everybody that, uh, wow, has been put in harm's way by this reckless behavior. And thanks so much for having me today. Well, Pastor, I can't thank you enough. I want to thank Jennifer, too, even though we lost the phone connection. That's such an important story. Words matter. Facts matter. And I want to thank you for helping us clarify the record today. All right, folks, that wraps things up for the day. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and set up what we got planned for tomorrow. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. A special thank you to Jennifer Lawrence and to Pastor Brian Gibson for joining us today. Words matter. Facts matter. And I think... What we learned yesterday at the impeachment trial, like we've learned in the Ukraine case, in the Russia case, and so many other alleged scandals that fizzled in Washington the last three or four years, facts and matters and, and words have to be precise when you make accusations. Accusing people of something and interpreting, uh, implying, insinuating isn't what happens. It's the same problem. That some of the people who made allegations about election irregularities about machines are now facing with lawsuits. Just saying something doesn't make it true. And in both parties today, we see a lot of allegations flown, reputations ruined, uh, canceled, cultured people when the facts didn't merit. When someone does something wrong, they deserve to be held accountable. But the facts, the words, the details, the nuances, the precision, the accuracy has to be there before we start accusing people of the sort of things that we often do. Yesterday, from what my reporting shows, Congressman Eric Swalwell misled the country, misled the impeachment trial by trying to suggest Jennifer Lawrence was calling in a military cavalry when in fact she was bringing in a church cavalry. The words are spelled differently. Webster's Dictionary points out this is almost always misconstrued by people. A congressman did it in the... Uh, presentation of facts. That's important stuff. It's why we want to uh, have this show, why we have Just the News, why we have John Solomon Reports. 
We're going to give you facts here from the frontline people. Get that other part of the story. We're also reaching out to Congressman Swalwell in his office to ask what he knows. Did he make a mistake? Should he fix it? Should he go back to the well? We'll find that out soon. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, have a safe night. May God bless you. May God bless this great country, as he always has. And if you're looking for a news fix tonight, you're trying to get the latest on the impeachment, you want to see the story that we wrote about Jennifer Lawrence and Pastor Gibson and Congressman Swalwell, you can go to justinnews.com. We hope it's one of your favorite sources for trusted news. And remember, you don't have to take our word for it. You can look in the dig in section always and find the facts underlying our story, the core documents, what was in our notebook. I think that's something different that a lot of other news organizations don't do. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless. Good night.